Welcome to the Village Church Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and taking the time to listen. We've prayed that this podcast channel blesses and encourages the Village family. So lean in with an open heart, eager to grow, and enjoy the episode. It is a wonderful privilege to be with you this this morning. And having been with you at various meetings over the last two weeks, uh, but before I, I jump into things, I'd like to just honor the ladies that served this weekend, the Colin team that put that together, those ladies that came and joined. Um, it really was so wonderful to be with you, and I just wanted to honor, honor you guys. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. And so, as Cole introduced me, my name is Chanel. I'm from a, a smaller town. I'm not sure bigger or smaller than Hamilton, but on the southeast coast of South Africa called Port Elizabeth. We've recently had a change of name, which you're going to try and get your tongue around. But our new name of our city is Abeja. So you do it with a click. And so we're going to have lessons afterwards. You can learn how to say that. Um, I've been part of a local church there called the Storehouse for close on 30 years. And um, just this morning, I stand here released uh, by the elders and the eldership team of my church to come and minister here um, under their authority. They've sent me and uh, also just representing um, the NCMI or New Covenant Ministries team that we partner with and your church partners with. And uh, you have people praying for you this morning, praying for you as a church. They've been praying uh, for this time that we are together. And so it's wonderful to be not these lone rangers in a little city in New Zealand. But to be partners on a global scale with with uh, with churches that partner together, we partner in relationship, we partner in finance, we partner in resource, we partner into going into the nations, um, and so it's a wonderful privilege for me to be a part of that partnership and to partner with you um, over this time and trusting into the future. And so just a little bit maybe to introduce what is going to happen in the next uh, 40 or 45 minutes or so. Uh, This morning might look a little different from what you are used to. Um, Back where I come from, we we say sometimes a a worship service is a hymn and a thing. This is not a hymn and a thing this morning. Um, There definitely were some good hymns. But um, I'm trusting this morning that as we share the voice of the Lord, we'd speak to you as as a church. Um, I have done the best that I can to hear God for you. Um, But the Bible clearly says that we need to test prophetic words, prophetic utterances. um, And so there is a responsibility upon you as a church if you receive individual words or church, which we would look at mostly this morning corporately or in your togetherness, is to take it. The Bible says weigh it and test it. And there's various ways to do that. But one of the ways that you do that is by submitting. And what I come this morning, I don't come as a guest speaker. I don't come to tell you what to do or to lord anything over you. I come to serve you this morning uh, with what I believe God has placed in my heart. And in doing that, I submit that to your eldership team. And I come and say, guys, I lay this before you guys. And uh, you are to weigh and test that. um, And then they will see how God wants to work that out. And so I don't come in any way or shape or form of governing this morning. I come to serve and I come to um, lay that at the feet of your eldership team who will work through that, I know, and uh, decide how to apply um, that to your context. And so I just wanted to just explain that this morning. Um, You've maybe had like some different experiences or no experience of the prophetic before. And so I just wanted you to put that into context of what's happening here this morning. And so I'm going to um, 
start off with being able to just share what I feel for you as a church and primarily our focus this morning is going to be on you as a church, as um, as the village church and, uh, and then we might uh, release one or two things um, just individually. And so a great way to test the prophetic word, to test what it is that God is saying is absolutely through your leaders. It's also, does it line up with the nature and the character of God? Does it line up with the word and scripture? So that's a great way to test uh, the word of the Lord. Um, and then um, also, does it confirm what it is that God is already doing amongst you? What people have already been feeling. It's sort of not completely left field. And the prophetic is meant not to come and judge, not to come and point out all the bad things. The prophetic in the Bible, it says it comes to encourage, to strengthen, to stir up, to blow wind in your sails. They say to cheer up, to stir up, <laughs> um, and to get the church mobilized in what it is that God is doing. And so that's what's going to happen this morning. And may I say that prophetic words, whether they are, and if you're a little bit scared of the word prophetic, prophetic just means hearing the voice of God on behalf of somebody else. So I have heard as best as I can, and I'm passing that on to you this morning. And that's really what the prophetic is. It's really not uh, complicated. But I want to say this morning that the prophetic word of God, when God comes to speak through scripture or words or utterances or music teams and prophetic songs... The prophetic is not a guarantee. It's not like, well, this is what the Lord says over you, and you can just sit back and go, oh, that's wonderful. We're going we're gonna to wait. Let's all have waiting meetings. Let's just wait and see what happens. The prophetic is not a wait and see gift. <laughs> the prophetic word, when God speaks, he's saying it's not a guarantee. It actually is an invitation, and there's an invitation going out this morning to you to say, I'm inviting you to partner with me in what it is that I'm saying over you. And if you will partner with me, if you will link with me, if you will link with God and, and what he's saying over you and put some action to that, there will be an outworking of that prophetic word. And so a lot of times people will sit for 20 years with their prophetic words on their fridges or in their Bibles, say, well, this never happened. Let's stone the prophet. You know, it wasn't God. And I want to say, well, how much have you partnered with that word? And so I want to encourage you this morning not to sit back and go, oh, this is for the church. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really include me. No, you are the church. And this word is not to the front row. This word is to every single person sitting here because this is to the village church. It's to the village family. It's not to one or two. You are in each one. If you were here over the, over the weekend with the ladies, you are in each one. And the each ones make up the village church. And this word is for each one that is here. But it is an invitation this morning, and it's your choice as to whether you're going to take that invitation and partner with that. And that actually might require some action. I, I know it's wonderful sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. But, and drinking good cappuccino. But the kingdom is advanced by forceful men and women that take hold of what it is that God is saying. All right. And so um, I had a picture and a scripture for you. I'm going to read the scripture first, which comes from 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 4 to 8. It says, For we know, brothers and sisters, that's you, loved by God, that he has chosen you, each one. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but with power and with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. 
You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message. There's a message going out to you this morning. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given excuse me, by the Holy Spirit. And so you, the village church, became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You became a model of all believers in New Zealand and Australia and Indonesia and to the uttermost parts of the world. The Lord's message rung out from you and not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. I felt that that is a scripture to you as a church. This is the church that Jesus is wanting in Hamilton in you as the village. And there are three little uh, phrases that we pick up there. It says, faith in God. Because of your faith in God. Because you are imitators of the Lord. And the message rung out from you. And there was a little picture that they're going to put up there quickly, which is very much my non-artistic expression. Um, I'm not a prophetic artistic person. We'll get some other people to do that. But I felt, how do we put our faith in God? We put our faith in God by our upward relationship with Him, our upward connection with Him, our upward devotion is that we would be with Jesus. You would be a people that would known, would be known for knowing how to be with Jesus. Your faith in God comes from being with Jesus. You cannot live your Christian life without being connected to the source. <laughs> and so our upward relationship, first of all, our devotion to to Jesus and being with Jesus. The second one is the downward arrow, if you can see. And that is the being imitators of the Lord, the inward working of Jesus in us, holiness and being like Jesus. So we be with Jesus. There is a being like Jesus. And then lastly, the message ringing out from you, that you would be a church where the message rings out. You're not a church that sits in your seats every Sunday, but in, during the week, Every day, every month, every year, the message is ringing out from you. And that is the outworking of Jesus through us to others. Mission, purpose, power, doing what Jesus did. And I just felt like that was a key for you as a church. That as he calls you to be like that church in Thessalonians, <laughs> that were full of faith, that were imitators of Jesus, were like Jesus, and did what Jesus did. The message rang out from them. And I felt like this was like a mirror of, or a picture of what God was holding up, saying, Village Church, this is an invitation to you to be this church. <laughs> the church that knows how to be with Jesus, the church that knows how to be like Jesus, and the church that knows how to do what Jesus did. And so you might listen to that and you think, oh, well, that's, that's wonderful, it's sort of very theoretical. But let's get a little bit more practical. Let's get a little bit more specific. Because with that, you can just say, well, that's wonderful. Let's, that's great. Let's, let's just put that on our fridge and read it every day. But what does that actually look like in action? That looks like, and I felt like you would be a church from devotion with Jesus, knowing how to be with Jesus, that you would be a church. And I feel like it's a church that God is calling that know how to pray and know how to worship. I just felt like those were two keys for you as a church, knowing how to pray, knowing how to worship, and then actually doing it. 
And may I say that there are wonderful times that we have together in worshiping the Lord together and um, praying together and we, and, and we pray at home and we worship at home. But church, there's something that happens in the realm of the spirit when we worship corporately and we pray corporately. And can I say, this is where the invitation becomes real. This is where I'm going to get up and go and actually pray with the saints on a Thursday night. (laughs) Because actually, we want to be with Jesus. We want to be warfaring. This church has, I just feel like there's been such an onslaught against this church to rob you of your inheritance as a church. And man, we need the church to stand together, to arrive, to stand shoulder to shoulder and say, we will be a praying church. We will be a praying church that will shift things in the supernatural and in the realm of the spirit so that we can see the outworking here today. And so we can say, oh, we're a praying church. We are worshiping church. But we're never worshiping together and we're never praying together. That invitation just got real, real right now. And I felt like there's a call and there's a mandate over this church to be a church that knows how to worship and a church that knows how to pray and does it. Because I feel like there's, there's something in the realm of the spirit over the city, over this nation that needs to be shifted. And that is only going to shift when we start getting together and storming heaven for your inheritance and the inheritance of this nation. I felt like you would be around the around being transformed and looking like Jesus, being like Jesus. What does that look like? And I felt like for you as a church, that meant that you would be a healing community. I just kept getting that word, a healing community. That this would be a place where people could come in and be transformed. How would that happen? I felt like there are... um, there, are, there is healing that is going to happen in this church, both emotionally and physically, in families, in marriages, in the life of teenagers and young 20s, that there are going, there's, there's this healing community where people are going to come in. I believe that even in this place and the facilities, which we're going to talk about in a, in a second, that there are, going to be pe- there are going to be places and rooms and people that people from the community can come into. And receive healing, both physical and emotional. I felt like they would almost like you go to a doctor's surgery. Well, you're going to come to the village church. And there's going to be a healing room. And there's going to be a place where you can be healed, both physically and emotionally. This church has an inheritance to be a healing community. To transform the lives of people and families. I felt like in terms of being the outward looking church, that this church is going to be an equipping center. This is an equipping center. This is a place where you're not only going to equip the church, though that's what's going to happen. There I felt like there was going to be equipping in the life of this church for the community. That you're not going to just teach your people how to parent, but there are going to be parenting courses for the community. Not just, hey, let's have our young marrieds or our engaged couples come in. No, actually it's going to be to the community. Man, we need to know how to deal with stress and anxiety in the workplace. You can come and there will be an equipping center that can help you. And there's going to be a transformation that's going to happen in the lives of people even before they put a seat on this on this seat in the church. Amen. And I felt like it's going to be an equipping center around being transformed and being the church and doing what Jesus did. I felt like equipping in the life of the church in this season is that every man, every woman, every child, every teenager, every married couple, 
Every person in the life of the church is equipped and knows how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The church is only powerful. The church, um, this is as real as it's going to get. The church is only powerful when we know how to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because how do we do what Jesus did? We do what Jesus did. How did Jesus bring the kingdom? By exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are available to each one of you. To the each one. And I felt like that equipping center for the community, but an equipping center in the life of this church, where every person, every man, every woman is raised up and knows how to pray for healing, how to lead someone to the Lord, how to be able to pray for deliverance, how to be able to pray for someone for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A church that knows how to do what Jesus did. I believe that this church has been called to be a base. This church is called to be a base. I'm going to say to this section, this church is called to be a base. (laughs) This church is called to be a base. And it speaks about, I just felt that that, um, picture of base camp. If any of you have ever followed climbing uh, Mount Everest, there's a base camp What happens is you only start at the base camp and then you get sent up and you get sent out. And I felt like this church has been called, there's an inheritance on this church to be a base church, a resource to the nation, both financially, in support, in people and in sending people and teams. There are ways you are going to be able to partner, to send teams, to send people, to resource church plants. Because this church has an inheritance and a call on it to be a base church. This church will pray for those that go. It will pray for churches in other nations. It will give to other churches and other nations. It will send teams to other churches and other nations. It will send resources to other churches and other nations. Because there's a generosity that the Lord wants to unlock in the life of this church. A generosity where you say, I'm going to give my bonus not to a new flat screen TV, but to a church plant in some place that we've never even heard about. <laughs> a generosity that is gripped by the nations and what it is that God wants to do in this time because we are living in the end times. I said to the ladies this weekend, we are living closer to the end of of the age and Jesus coming back than any other generation. And all that matters is that we take as many people with us one day. And that means sometimes sacrificing your flat screen TV for a church plant so that people can know about Jesus. (laughs) Sure, this invitation is getting a little uncomfortable. Hey. That means some of you going, you know what, I'm going to take my pocket money. I'm going to take that which I've saved. And I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to to book the next trip to Indo. I'm going with a team. This, This front row, God's going to make you super uncomfortable. And he's going to be sending you and asking you to do things. That second row, (laughs) that third row. God's doing something amongst the, the 20-somethings in this, in this church. I believe there's a shaking and a revival that you carry for this generation and this nation. And I want you to encourage you to go after that fire with everything inside of you. It's time for you to rise up. 
it's time for you to rise up. It's been easy to sit and let someone else do it and just tell us what we have to do. No, but we need pioneers and those that will step out ahead of the others. I believe and I feel that the Lord is wanting to make more room for you as a church. I just got this this phrase, make room, make room, make room. Prepare, prepare, prepare. And if you are particularly attached to this hall, I'd like to invite you to get unattached. Because <laughs> as you can see, there's not a lot of wiggle room in this, this uh, space. And I felt such an urgency. I do know about the, the property and things like that. And I felt such an urgency for God to say, church, it's time. It's time. I feel like there is a faith um, exercise for you as a church connected to making more room for you to meet together as the saints. To have a training center, an equipping place, uh, that healing community is connected to making more room. And once again, this is an invitation that will touch your wallet, it will touch your time, it will touch your, um, your attention and your spare time, because God is looking for all hands on deck when it comes to this. He is saying, make room. What are you making room for? Not that you can have, a, have more lattes and cappuccinos and, and, uh, and have more space to sit and not have such close fellowship one with another on a Sunday. No, he's saying, make room for those that are to come. Make room for those that still need to be in this place. The people he wants to add. Those that are addicted at the moment. Those that are lost at the moment. Those that are homeless at the moment. Those people's marriages that are in trouble. Those kids that are, that are, are on, a, on a, a path of destruction. That is what we are making room for. We are making room to be able to train and equip and raise our people. Where I come from... When you get a little smack, you go, Ena, ouch. It feels like a bit of an ouch this morning. But man, it's exciting. This is the most exciting journey you'll ever be a part of. And this morning, that is what the Lord is saying over you as a people. Would you accept that invitation? Would you accept that invitation? The building process is essential for this season in the church. It's going to require much faith, much prayer, many willing hands, and generous hearts. And I want to encourage you to start walking around the property, start praying, start interceding, start saving, start shifting things in your heart and your life to make room for the kingdom of God to break in. Because there is growth coming to you. There is growth coming to you. I feel like him saying that you need to prepare. You need to prepare more leaders. You need to prepare more home groups. You need to prepare your kids' facility. You need to prepare, prepare, prepare. And who do you think is going to do that? Yeah. Hi, Mark and Cole. Are you busy between? Uh... <laughs> no, that's us. That's the church. It's time for those of you that have been sitting to step up and say, I recognize God is calling me to more. I recognize God is asking me to serve. I'm recognizing that I'm not just come and sit on a Sunday. But man, I'm ready to do whatever the Lord wants for us to prepare, to prepare. There's a translation that says, let's make elbow room in Isaiah 54. Let's make elbow room for our growing family. Make room for your growing family. 
We're not finished yet, but I just feel like there's an urgency in the room. There's an urgency in the air. I feel like this church is pregnant with possibilities. You are pregnant with a multiple birth. And how many of you know you've got to make room and prepare when your family is about to grow? All of a sudden, your money's not being spent on you anymore. All the parents are going, yeah. There's a cry of heaven going out over the church this morning. Would you say yes? Would you say, I'm all in? I'm all in with my home. I'm all in with my wallet. I'm all in with my time. I'm all in with my my boundaries and my, we can do this, not that. Just smash some walls this morning. <laughs> People often say, oh, I've got you know, church life and I've got my life and I've got spare time. I feel like the Lord going, it's all his or it's all not. Do you want to know what it looks like to be all in, to be a people devoted to prayer and to worship, to be a healing community, to be an equipping center, to be a base church, and to be a church that's making room in every way, in every way, in every way? It looks like following Jesus, our model. See, Jesus showed us how to do it. He modeled it for us. He said, I'm devoted to him and him alone. He knew how to be with the Father. His eyes were fixed upon the Father and only what the Father said to do. His life was transformed. Do you know that when Jesus was on this planet... He did everything he did, not out of his divinity, but out of his humanity. So we look and go, well, that was Jesus. No, actually, Jesus did that in his humanity, not in his divinity. He knew how to be like the Father and do what the Father said. And then lastly, he did what the Father asked him to do, knowing and doing what Jesus did. I feel like there's a call over you as a people to be with Jesus in prayer and worship. To be that healing community that equips others to help them to be transformed and to be like Jesus. And then to be that base church that is growing and multiplying and making room that are equipped and know how to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to bring the kingdom and to do what Jesus did. In the upper room, it says, on the day of Pentecost, the fire came down in tongues, tongues of fire on people in the upper room. (laughs) I want to suggest today that we have tongues of fire under our seats (laughs) to get us moving. (laughs) to get us to be all in. I'm not sure if you like our church, 
But boy, if you dare to sit in someone's seat on a Sunday morning, the wrath of God might come down upon you. You get the look. Hey, bud, you sat in my chair. And sometimes that's so indicative of our spiritual lives. This is my chair. Don't move me. There's a scripture that speaks about a city on a hill. And I felt like coming here, this church was on a hill. And when we drove up to, well, I think we came from the airport, we saw this church on a hill. And I was reminded of revivals in the past. There were, they were praying, devoted, worshipping people that were all in. And I believe with all my heart that as you cry out for revival as a church, that God is going to visit you in power.